Thank you, Amy. Let's give it up for the worship team, guys. <laughs> Thank you for leading us into the presence and whew, into the glory. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, well, how many of you guys already feel full? <laughs> like, I feel like we could just go home. We didn't have church. Um, but it is my privilege tonight um, to bring the word. Um, and tonight, I won't, it won't be long. Don't worry. Uh, we'll still get you out at a good time. And I feel like the Lord's already kind of started doing what, what he showed me. Um, so, yeah, Jesus, just use my words tonight, God. Just let me be a, a good communicator of what you want to share, Lord. And would you just continue to show up in Jesus' name? Um, <laughs> so when I was asking the Lord what to speak about, um, I actually saw, I, I didn't have time to go to the store, so I couldn't buy one, but I saw like a jar of olives sitting right here and I was like all right Lord I know what you want me to speak about um and I feel like tonight the Lord wants to speak about the crushing um it's it's not it's not usually fun um and, and I feel like this church has been in a season of crushing um and I feel like it's something that we're not strangers to and I feel like there's a level actually of of maturity that the Lord takes you to go through the crushing. Um, I know in Hebrews, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but, you know, the Lord talks about he disciplines those that he loves. And I know, like, when I was younger, like, I did not, I didn't get that. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't understand, and I feel like it wasn't really until probably this last year that I've just been like, all right, Lord, I get it. Like, it doesn't feel good, but just because it doesn't feel good, don't stop. <laughs> like, don't let up just because I don't like it because I know that it's producing something. And that's, that's kind of what, what I feel like the Lord wanted me to, to speak about tonight. Um, probably in the first corporate fast that we did um, back last June, um, we were singing that song, you know, Jesus make new wine. And, and it was just like the new thing and everybody was singing it. No, no. And, and the Lord really spoke to me and he said like, Two of the most precious things in the kingdom, the wine and the oil, are made from crushing. And that just hit me hard. And, and I feel like since then, it has been, it's almost been a year, like a year of constant crushing, at least in my life personally. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. But it's been like one thing after another after another. And I know when I was younger, I thought like, you, yeah, you'd go through some stuff, but there would come, you know, that verse is, you know, I've not yet arrived, but I felt like there was a moment <laughs> when you would arrive or it would get easier or whatever. But, like, the longer I'm in this thing, the more I'm like, nope, you never arrive, and it, it never lets up. If you, if you gain victory in this area, then there's another area. And it's actually the goodness of God because he's purifying us and making us more and more like him. And, and you know, it, we get refined and we get refined, but there's always another another swooping, another cleansing. And, and it, it never stops, but it's actually a good thing. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about. And I want to start with James, and we'll probably end with James. Um, but uh, in James chapter 1, verse 2, he actually says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
and I have this underlined, great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I love that. I love that. I love that. And, and he keeps going. And the whole book of James is like, like a rebuke, but love. Like, I'm going to whop you upside the head, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss you at the same time, you know? Like, take it. It's good medicine. Like that, that song, A Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down. It's like that. He's like, I'm going to whack you with a two by four, but it's going to feel good. And it's actually going to produce something really, really good. Um, and so I feel like that's how it is with the Lord, but I just kept hearing this word of the crushing, the crushing, the crushing, so I went looking for it, and, and honestly, if we think about crushing, like the number one example I can think of is Jesus, um, so we're actually, we're going to turn to Isaiah 53, because he is the epitome of crushing in every good way, so Isaiah 53, I'm just going to probably read most of it, Um, But it says, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant. And this whole chapter is talking about Jesus. So Jesus grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. And and I just want to pause there because I feel like sometimes when we're going through stuff, when we're going through crushing and difficult times, like the first thing, you know, we think of is, oh, my gosh, this is an attack. Oh, my gosh, this is this. This is that. This is that. And, And sometimes we're so focused on, Where's the attack coming from, and where's this, and how do I get past this? And the Lord's like, no, 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 this is, this is actually me, and I'm actually trying to produce something in you, so would you just yield to it? Because if you yield to it, I want to teach you something in this. So even Jesus, you know, the Bible says that, you know, people thought that it was a punishment from God, a punishment for his sins, but it wasn't. It actually says, he says, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. How many of us never say a word when we're going through it? Or how many of us cry like a baby and lash out, and the whole world knows we're going through something? But Jesus was actually the example. It said he never said a word. And in verse 8, you know, it says he was unjustly condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people, us. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. And I love this in, in verse 10. It says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. So if it was the Lord's good plan to crush Jesus, how could it not be his good plan to crush us at times, you know? So I feel like there's a level of maturity when we submit to that instead of running the other way and say, yes, Lord, not my will, 
but yours be done. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. So there's, there's a purpose to the crushing. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And I would propose that crushing actually brings satisfaction if we let it produce in us what the Lord is trying to produce. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and intercede for them. And, and right after that, you know, Pastor Bed always talks about like, you know, the, the Bible's continuous, so it doesn't stop in one chapter and start over. You know, after that, then it starts talking about the future glory of, of Jerusalem. And, and we all quote Isaiah 54, you know, like, expand your territory. I'm going to do great things. But before that came the crushing. So I, I propose, you know, you have to go through the crushing sometimes in order to see the glory that's waiting on the other side. And I, and I love that because the Bible says that, that even Jesus himself, it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So he didn't, you know, I think it, it would be hard for, for even Jesus to have submitted and say, okay, Lord, just crush me. But he knew the joy that was waiting on the other side. He knew on the other side he would get us. He knew, you know, on the other side that there would be an opportunity for us to come into salvation. But he, he submitted himself to the crushing um, and, and so I started looking that up. And, uh, you know, in Isaiah 53, 5, it starts talking about him being crushed for our iniquities. And that word crushed is actually the Hebrew word daka. And it means to crush, to be crushed, to be contrite, to be broken, shattered, to allow oneself to be crushed. Um, and another in other translations, sometimes it says oppressed. You know, there's a lot of different words. But it actually means, like, to allow yourself to be beaten to pieces, to be broken in pieces, to be bruised, contrite, to be, you know, completely destroyed, to be humbled. And, and Jesus did that, and I feel like he does that in us. <laughs> and so, so when that happens, you know, what is our response going to be? Are we going to just be silent? like Jesus was, you know, he said, you know, he was silent as a, as a lamb being led to the slaughter. Are we going to, like, kick and scream and let everybody know we're going through something, you know, and then never submit to that and actually let the Lord produce in us what he wants to produce. So that's, I just, I want you to get it, and, and it's not easy. And I would say probably four months ago I would not even be preaching this because I was having a meltdown like, oh, my gosh, the Lord, would you stop crushing me? Like, I can't handle anymore. And he was like, this is actually just, just let it produce in you what I'm trying to do. And I feel like, like man, it produces such good things when we do. And, and I think it's really cool because, you know, that same word crushing, you know, if you look all the way back to Genesis, you know, when, when Adam and Eve were, were deceived in the garden, you know, there was a promise that actually, you know, your offspring will crush the serpent's head. So again, we see the beauty in the crushing. You know, it produces very, very, very good things. So, but Jesus, you know, willingly laid his life down. And so I started, you know, just kept digging about this, this crushing, like, like I want to get it to its fullness. And, and I started thinking about, like, um, 
Like I said, Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of God. You know, it produces beautiful, beautiful things in us if we allow it to. Um, and actually, if you if you keep reading that, um, it says... Um, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So the only way we can go through the crushing is keeping our eyes on him. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So if he could do it, and he is now our strength, then we can do it. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And it goes on to say, um, he says, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. So he's not treating you as a slave. He's not lashing out. You know, he's treating you as his children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, exclamation point. But afterwards, afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And I love that. It says, it, it gives us a key right here that one of the, one of the byproducts, one of the, the fruit of of submitting yourself to the Lord's discipline, to the crushing. It says there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And, and the Lord's just really been showing me, like, submit to the crushing, and oh, the fruit it will produce. Like, to be honest with you, at this point, I feel like I would rather you know, submit myself to the discipline of the Lord and let him produce character and then for him to use me to see people healed and stuff because because what if you could lay hands and see the, see the lame walk? What if you could do all these great things but your character was like on the floor? Like to me, that's not worth it. That's not submitting to the Lord. But if you can learn to submit yourself you know, through anything, then the Lord can take that and he will use you to lay your hands on the sick and he will do all these things, but you'll have the character that you need to sustain you once you get to that place. I'm telling you, there, there's nothing better than submitting to the Lord's crushing and oh, the fruit that it brings. I um, mean, the Lord just began to speak to me about um, the Mount of Olives. Um, and there's just, there's so much rich history. If you look, you know, at 
at the Jews and in the Old Testament, everything, and the Mount of Olives, another name that it's also called is the Mount of Anointment. Um, and, and Jesus, you know, spent so much of his ministry on the Mount of Olives. Um, and not just Jesus, but if you look in the Old Testament, like David actually went there to pray. Um, different people, you know, had significant um, things that happened there. But Jesus spent a lot of time there. He spent a lot of time praying in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, which is at the bottom of that mountain. Um, and in Acts 111, that's actually the place where Jesus ascended to heaven from. He was on the Mount of Olives. Um, and in Zechariah, it talks about, you know, when Jesus comes back, he's coming back on the Mount of Olives. And, and so it's, it's a very significant place. But, but Jesus prayed there, you know, the day before his crucifixion. Um, and we always saw him, you know, catching off to pray. But this night specifically was very important. Um, and I looked up, you know, because Gethsemane means oil press. Um, and so the ways that they made the olive oil, which something that I didn't know, like until it becomes oil, like an actual olive, if you just pick it and eat it, it's very bitter. So no one actually wants the olives. They want the oil. The oil is like the most precious thing that can come from that. But the way that they would do, they would get this huge millstone that would just, you know, like plow over these. They would crush the olives um, to the point that it would even like obliterate the seeds, which are like the, the tiniest little, and they're pretty hard. They're pretty tough, but it would obliterate that. And there's actually a crushing stage that they would go through, which is, you know, with the millstone. And then there were three layers of pressing. So they would take, like, the sludge and the stuff, and, and they would add weight on it, like three different layers. And so, you know, it was like a three-step process. And if you look, like, the night that Jesus went, he, he before the crucifixion, he went out and he prayed, and he prayed three times. And, you know, each time he would go and pray, and he'd come back, and the disciples would be asleep. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, get up and pray, like, don't you understand, you know, like, they didn't realize the historical moment that they were in, but the Bible says, you know, three times he went and prayed, it's, it's very s similar to those three layers of pressing, and, and that pressure just gets every last drop of oil out, and if you look, like, in the Garden of Gethsemane that last night, that is where Jesus prayed, and he felt the pressure of the situation to the point that the Bible says that he he was sweating drops of blood. Like, if you, if you study that medically, like, you have to be under huge amounts of pressure. Like, that's not something normal, you know. I mean, I've had times where I cried that I, I thought, I don't have any more tears, and I have never cried drops of blood, you know. Like, it, it's such a pressure that, like, his capillaries, I'm sure Susan can explain this much better than me, but, like, the capillaries in his head were literally bursting. You know, that's the pressure he was feeling. And it's like Jesus allowed himself to be pressed even to the last moment. And if you look at where the Garden of Gethsemane is, it's right by this main road that he could have just jumped on and got the heck out of Dodge. He could have left town. He could have escaped in the middle of the night, but he didn't. He chose to submit to that pressing and that crushing, even to the point, you know, he, in that night, he prayed. He said, Lord, would, I would that this cup would pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He was submitting to the crushing. I'm sure that everything within him was like, I'm hitting the road, and I'm going to be out of Jerusalem in an hour. But he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And it was there in that oil of press. Um, at the bottom of the Mount of Anointment that he, he submitted to the pressing and the crushing of the Lord. And um, 
And something significant that I, I learned about the olive tree is that it needs the east wind and the west wind. Um, and what that means, the east wind is actually a harsh, hot wind. And when the east wind blows, it can actually make completely green grass wither and turn brown and die within a day. Um, but the olive tree actually needs that east wind that's hot, that's harsh, but it needs the west wind that brings the rain, that brings the refreshing, that brings the life. And so I feel like when we submit to that, you know, the crushing of the Lord, it's like, you know, everybody wants the rain, everybody wants the life, the, you know, but, but we don't want to endure that hot, you know, the heat. It's just uncomfortable. Um, you know, and the Bible talks about, you know, experiencing both the kindness and the severity of God. And, and what if that severity isn't just wrath for the wicked, but actually the crushing for those of us who, who are in him? Um, but yeah, it's like that olive, that olive oil. It's bitter without the processing, but the process cures it from the bitterness and it preserves it. Because if you pick an olive, like it's only going to stay good for so many days and then what's it going to do? It's going to rot and die. But if you press it and turn it into oil, then that oil is preserved, you know, for a long, long time. So that pressing actually creates preservation for us as well. Um, I want to look at um, 2 Corinthians 4.8. 2 Corinthians 4.8 talks about, it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our body. Um, and, and it goes on, and it keeps talking about how all these things, you know, will will result in eternal life. Um, Again, just that crushing and that pressing. But I love where it says we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Those two words are actually, you know, pretty similar. They're in the Greek, obviously, when, and Isaiah 53 is in the Hebrew. But if you look, that word for pressed there means actually like, like to rub together. Um, and so sometimes, you know, that, that pressing and that crushing is, is, is rubbing um, but I love it, and it, it also means, um, sorry, I don't, I don't remember what the word actually is, but um, to compress, to cramp, but the word where it says, where it says um, we are pressed but not crushed, that crush is actually like hemmed in, like you can't, you can't go anywhere, almost like a, like a squashing of a fire, you know, like, like put out. So the Lord's like, I'm pressing you, I'm crushing you, but I'm not like snuffing out your lamp, like I'm not completely destroying you, I'm not making you ineffective. His crushing and his pressing actually make us more effective when we submit to that. Um, and it means narrow, um, and it actually, the, the, the word press there, the, the good one that he says he is doing to us, it's like narrow, and it's the same word that's actually used in Matthew seven fourteen, where Jesus says, I am the narrow gate, so it's the same, it's the same thing, it's like we don't have a lot of room to move, but we still have that room, we have that path, you know, if we follow that narrow gate, it's not like we're hemmed in and we can't go anywhere, we have that narrow gate to follow. Um, and it is, 
It's the same word that's used in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 1, 6, where it says, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation, exclamation point. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffered. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you also will share in the comfort God gives us. So, so tonight, like... That's it. That's what I got. Short, sweet, to the point. But I want you to know, like, if you feel, and I, and I feel like, like people in here, I'm not preaching to people who don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like this has been a season where many have felt like, man, I am in the crushing of the Lord. And I just want to encourage you tonight, like, don't run from it. <laughs> don't lash out. <laughs> you know, like, submit to God. And it says, you know, it's going to bring you eternal life. It's going to bring you joy. You know, Jesus endured what he did because he saw the joy of what was to come. Paul says right here in Corinthians, you know, that that it's going to bring comfort. And, and when we submit to that, I promise you, you're going to come out on the other side, like, way better and way stronger in the Lord. So please, I just want to encourage you guys to submit. And and tonight, even in worship, I just felt like the comfort of the Lord is here. Like for those of you who are like, God, what is this? <laughs> like, when is it ever going to stop? Like, I feel like I can't handle it anymore. You're going to kill me if you don't let up. Like, I feel like there are people in here and and, and I know what it feels like, like just joking around. Um, you know, I told a friend of mine, I was like, I feel like I'm giving birth to like twins and they're woolly mammoths. They're like so big, like I'm going to die in the process. But the Lord is like just delight in that, you know, just find the joy in it. And I feel like when you can submit to the Lord and find joy in that, you can find joy anywhere. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like you don't need strength when everything's going your way. You don't need strength when, when, you know, you have no opposition, you need strength when you're going through stuff. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you feel like you're in the crushing, like press into joy, like, like we should especially feel joy in the middle of going through something. Like it's not just for when times are easy. And I love that. I love that the joy of the Lord is so abundant in this house. But I would just say like, if you're going through it, especially press into that joy because you need strength and I just feel like the Holy Spirit who is the comforter is here so Holy Spirit I pray comforter comfort Lord those who feel like they're at the end of their rope and they can't handle anymore I pray that you come in and you bring your comfort Lord I pray for the grace of God to just come upon this house that we would be a people God who would who would submit when you come to crush, Lord, because we know that that is your purpose, God. It is your purpose to crush us, Lord, just as there were three levels of pressing and making the olive oil, God, because you don't want one drop to be wasted, God, as it seems like a, a never-ending process, God. Your goal is perfection for us, Lord, and, and and when you come, God, we will be made perfect in your sight. But until then, we are constantly being perfected, God. We are constantly being crushed so that so that the oil can come out, Lord. And and I'm even just reminded of of when we went through that class with Brian two classes ago, where it was like the two the two 
sources of oil, the two lampstands just feeding, you know, giving oil to that lampstand, that that oil is found in intimacy, Lord, that when you crush us, God, our response will be to run to this secret place. Our response, like Paul said, will be to just look at the face of Jesus. Our response will be just to get in that secret place and turn to you, God, and not not look for other sources, God, to come in and comfort and to come in and, and to take away our burdens and to come in and tell us, you know, rebuke this and rebuke that, God, but we will just fall on our faces and submit to you, Lord, and we know that the oil, God, that it will produce, Lord, it is the most precious, precious substance, Lord, and it's, it's the best part of the olive, God. It's the best part, God, so we submit, God, because we want the best part. We want the best portion of you, Jesus, so I just say thank you. The Holy Spirit comfort. Give us the grace, Lord, I pray for grace over this house to endure the crushing when you come. That just like Jesus, we would submit, Lord, and we would see just such great fruit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Joining us on Encounter Podcast, we pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.